0: Vitayu, welcome to Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio at its new time from 11.30 a.m. till 1.30 p.m. every Wednesday here on CHLY 101.7 FM, Radio Malaspina in Nanaimo. We jumped the gun a little bit uh, with our messages, but we'll continue with our programming right now uh, with a song from the uh, for the Euromaidan uh, protest happening in Ukraine right now. And uh, this, was perf- this was put together by the Voloshky Ukrainian Dance Ensemble in Philadelphia. Very familiar tune and very apropos to what is going on right now. a contemporary Ukrainian adaptation to uh, an American folk song from back in the civil rights era in the United States, uh, We Shall Overcome. And that was performed by Singers from Ukraine. Uh, It was a soundtrack from a YouTube video uh, that was uh, recently posted. It was actually recorded back in 2012 and uh, turned out to be very apropos for now. And uh, hopefully bring you more information on that as time passes. Hello there and welcome to Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here in our new time at 11.30 Wednesdays and we'll be going for two hours. Uh, My name is Paulette Macquarie, I am your host and we'll be bringing on guests who will be discussing the uh, current situation in Ukraine, with the street protests, the anti-government uh, protests, and what is uh, apparently um, looks to be developing into a civil war, uh, we will be speaking with the president of the Ukrainian Canadian co- Ukrainian Canadian Congress, rather a uh, Vancouver branch, um, Myron Petrov. We know him as Miracle. He's been on before, and he'll give us uh, an update. He's been watching uh, very closely what's going on as well. We'll be speaking with one of our contributors to our program, Volodya Volkov, in Lviv, Ukraine, which is uh, a little bit further away from the center of where the protests are taking place. Uh, nonetheless, uh, people there are affected, so he'll give us an update on uh, on what's happening with him. And as well, we'll be speaking with uh, Dimitro Popovic who is uh, an expert on peaceful civil disobedience movements. Uh, he was uh, educated in the West, and uh, he's, uh, so he'll be telling us uh, his take uh, as well as giving us an update from his perspective. He is right in Kiev, uh, Ukraine's capital, where things are uh, taking place. As well, we'll have our regular programming. We have a recipe for you. Um, and we also have Ukrainian Jewish heritage, and this will be uh, presented by Volodya, um, who we'll be speaking with later on, and uh, we'll be dealing with that uh, particular topic. As well, uh, proverb of the week, other items of interest, and great Ukrainian music. Much of it will be focusing on um, patriotic themes, uh, given what is happening. Plus, today is historically, uh, January 22nd, is historically Uh Ukrainian Independence Day, um, or it was until um, 1991 when Independence Day became August 24th. However, it's still considered the Day of Unity because um, of independence, um, aspirations, and a little bit of success, success earlier in the 20th century, or 20th century, yes. So uh, we'll have um, uh, Mirko talking about that as well. We'll have Vasil Pavlovsky with um, a little bit of a cultural capsule explaining what that Day of Unity Den Sobodenosti is all about. So right next, uh, right now, we'll be um, bringing you some music from ba- dating back to 2004, uh, the Orange Revolution, and this was when uh, there were musicians on, um, on the Maidan as well. Um, as, as now, it was a lot more peaceful back then. Here's Viktor Morozov now with Oh, My Dear Ukraine. Sorry, we're going to change our, our music. Uh, we are going to bring on Fata Morgana and a traditional Ukrainian folk song Bandureste Orlesizi. A song about the eagle.
1: Bandureste orlesizi brate Maesh krila myesh silu. Je koli parlati s Stay.
0: That was Fatah from um, Ukraine and America. They're now living in the States and that was a traditional Ukrainian folk song called Bandurista Orolysezi, a song about the eagle and um, a different kind of bird, a very contemporary 20th century um, rendition of that traditional Ukrainian folk song. I have on the line with me now uh, Mirko Petrio, the uh, Ukrainian-Canadian Congress Vancouver Branch President and uh, he has been following events in Ukraine very closely. He just tells me he was up, up until 6.30 this morning, got a couple of hours sleep, and then got up and, and uh, resumed his watch on live, there are a lot of live streams online um, that are recording the events, uh, watching history unfold, as he put it. And uh, very uh, troubling turns of events, and uh, almost too much to keep up with. So Mirko, thank you so much for coming on to share what you've been watching.
2: Thank you, Paulette.
0: Now, um, we spoke on on uh, Saturday, Sunday, oh, sorry, Saturday, we spoke, um, and there were things that were kind of coming, seemed to be coming to a head, and it looks like they have now.
2: Well, I think I pretty well predicted that uh, that coming weekend uh, would be a, a, a pivotal, a pivotal point, and in fact, you know, it, it, it became exactly that. Uh, what was uh, what was happening? Uh, the 19th, which is Sunday, the 19th of January, is Vodokraszka, uh, or Epiphany in English, or the Day of uh, Christ's Baptism. And as it turns out, it's, uh, it's become a baptism by fire. Um, follow, following that is the 22nd, which is, uh, which is actually today. Uh, and the 22nd is the um, anniversary of two important uh, happenings in Ukrainian history. One is Independence Day in 1918. And the other is Union Day in 1919, when Western Ukraine and Eastern Ukraine uh, came together. Uh, It's interesting that in Ukraine, they call it Union Day, and they they kind of forget about calling it Independence Day. Um, And in fact, even the 24th of August is no longer called Independence Day. You've got to remember that it's uh, the government there is very much uh, Russian-dominated, so, you know, the whole thought of being independent from Russia is, uh, is, is uh, anathema to those people.
0: Well, but, in de- independent yeah. in, in general, Mirko, um, I mean, there is no no independence. Well, Apparently, right, right now, there's a civil war going on. There's That's, a civil war going on like there was in 1918, 1919. That
2: is exactly what, uh, what just started uh, in the last uh, day or two. Um, Speaking of independence or lack of such, uh, independence, uh, I guess Ukraine is recognized as independent internationally, but in actual fact, on the ground, within the government...
0: Nothing changed since the days of the Soviet Union well, I, well yeah I, I recall that Mirkola um, and last summer i was I was in Ukraine and uh, touring around the the young fellow that was touring pointed at, at uh, this tall building and he said that used, that is the tax department now, mm-hmm. and he said it used to be the Communist party headquarters <laughs> and nothing only thing has changed is the sign. <laughs>
2: Yep, that's exactly right. Then uh, you know there's still a London statue standing all all around, although a few have fallen recently. A few have, a few, a, few few have <laughs> yeah.
0: a few have toppled. Yeah, a few have toppled. Yeah,
2: yeah. But anyways, let's uh, let's get right down to the to the events on the ground. Uh, on the nineteenth uh, Sunday, the nineteenth, there was a very large crowd on the on the Maidan. There was a second crowd. Oh, I shouldn't say there was a second crowd. Uh, it started out as a. Um, call it a car rally, okay, they were going to drive to the Verkhona which is uh, the Parliament, uh, in protest of the law that was passed on the 16th. And I'm not sure whether we talked about the law, but uh, uh, the, the law is a joke. I mean, first of all, mm-hmm. it was passed by 235 votes, while only 119 people were present in Parliament at the time. So you, you, you get a feeling for how mm-hmm. uh, the, the Ukrainian legislature works. Uh, the law is an extreme crackdown on all kinds of personal liberties uh, intended to facilitate the dismantling and crackdown on the Maidan demonstrations and it, it was recognized uh, around the world as being a, a draconian law actually surpassing uh, similar laws in uh, in putin's russia so uh, that was one of the other motivations for uh, showing up on the Maidan, and, that, and so that's why the crowd was quite large. And of course, there was this uh, car rally to drive to to, to the uh, to the parliament, and it's driving up Horoshivsky Street, which uh, is named after the first president of Ukraine in 1918. Surprise, surprise. And they get about uh, half a kilometer up the street, if that, and they're just uh, approaching the Dynamo soccer stadium when they are stopped by Berkut. Now, who is Berkut? Now, Berkut is—I best describe them as riot police. Uh, they used to be in, in Soviet times; used to be referred to as OMON, which is a a mobile strike unit. Uh, to be used against one 's own people of course it's not a uh, it's not like an army or a marines type thing uh this is uh, this is kind of part of the uh the uh, interior troops as they're called but uh, but it's the uh, the elite uh and obviously most the uh, most vicious and violent uh, group uh of the so called police anyways they 're stopped by the omon and uh Omon, um, uh, um, Berkut, Berkut blocks the uh, the road with with their buses like that they, they were bussed in, uh, and the crowd builds, and we end up with a shoving match. Uh, they start rocking the bus, for example, trying to turn it over. Uh, as the shoving match proceeds, uh, Vitaly Klitschko, who is one of the three opposition party leaders and potential presidential candidates, uh, probably the one with, uh, with the highest popularity reading. Uh, mm-hmm. right now, he shows up, walks through the lines of the Barakut, and tries to dissuade the demonstrators from shoving the police around, and uh, and break things up. Well... Th- that didn't uh, go too well at all in fact uh, you know Kalisko basically got shoved back and he's a pretty large boy he's the boxer uh, <laughs> he's the boxer uh, current, uh, current boxing champion at uh, you know six foot nine and, uh, six foot nine how many wow families, but yeah, yeah <laughs> in very good shape but he got shoved back <clears throat> so what happened then is he turns around and drives to visit Yanukovych and his residence in Mezhihirya which is a palatial Walled community there that he lives in to negotiate with Yanukovych. In the meantime, on um, by the Dynamo Stadium, the the shoving uh, proceeds. Uh, suddenly, the uh, the bus that we're talking about catches fire. Another one catches fire. Um, there is um, kind of um, <clears throat> everything short of rifle fire, but there's combat going on. Uh, the Berkut are using. Uh, actually, rubber bullets too, but not uh, not not initially. Uh, the rubber bullets come in a little bit later on. But they were using stun gran- not stun grenades, are uh, flashbang grenades. Uh, the reply from from the crowd was Molotov cocktails.
0: Great. They've renamed so, them. What did they rename them?
2: <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll be called uh, you know Ukrainian cocktails, I guess. Uh, anyways, these Ukrainian cocktails set uh, four uh, Berkut buses afire, fire. Two um, command vehicles. These are these are very large uh, trucks, Ural trucks. Uh, two of those are set on fire, and they're all lined up and form a wonderful barricade. So on the one side you've got the crowd, and on the other side you've got uh, you've got berkut. Um, So it's not,
0: it's not you can't say it's peaceful anymore.
2: It's it's not peaceful. It, it stopped being peaceful at that point. Uh, well, it wasn't peaceful before either on, on more than one occasion, but the, certainly it wasn't peaceful here. The uh, the change, and I guess the change probably dates back to uh, January 11th when uh, former Minister of the Interior, Lutsenko, was attacked. And the crowd was actually... Uh, scaring the police rather than vice versa. Uh, they're making the police take their balaclavas off and identify themselves and kind of walk a gauntlet of, sh- of shame back Right, there. and did
0: that, did, that, did, did that work? Or did that only work with those people and they've got their new forces coming in from uh, outside?
2: Yeah, well, uh, on the 19th, uh, there were fresh forces. Um, I estimate at least 700 uh, berkut. On that day, and that number keeps increasing every day. By the way, and
0: these are obviously not people, probably that have any kind of. Well, they of have any...
2: shields. They have armor. They have and,
0: helmets. Uh, right, and no attachment to to the people of Ukraine, probably. Uh,
2: as as things develop, you'll see that exactly right. You know, the the hopes that that there's some attachment to uh, Ukrainian values and the Ukrainian nation, uh, they're they're, uh, they're they're in vain. They're in vain. They're uh, they're a different people. Um, anyway, so, uh, it, it all turns out to, you know, rock throwing, malt of cocktail throwing, stun grenade throwing, um, every time there's a sortie of Berkut police, they, they try to catch somebody so they can jail him. Um, and they of course, they be, it's, uh, more e- it's, e-
0: it's easier now with those new laws that were passed a few days, just a couple of days ago. Yeah,
2: there was some uh, debate whether that particular law came into effect instantly or whether it's takes the until it's published uh, publicly which would have been the second, 22nd in other words today uh, But it, in either Ironically change, Yes, ironically, exactly right uh, Yeah, there was one other law that was passed on that particular day and that was the uh, uh, the law requiring internal passports in 1933, that was part of the technique of, uh, of running the whole Domor genocide and, and ensuring that Ukrainians didn't run away and... And
0: they've... Re- stayed and
2: died... And, and it's, back? it's back? It's <laughs> back? Well, it's that date. <laughs> that was also January 22nd, <sighs> 1933. So it's a, it's a key date in Ukrainian history. And, uh, right. You know, both positive and negative. Uh, anyways uh back Back to what's happening here on the nineteenth uh, at uh, the uh, the Berkut police brought in uh, water cannon that kind of established a a gap between the police line and the demonstrators, and uh, of course, the water froze, so there was a skating rink between the two. Uh, the standoff and and uh, the fighting uh, continued on the twentieth uh on the 20th there were rubber bullets definitely more rubber bullets used the scary thing is there was also sniper fire with uh, with live ammunition um, uh or uh, and in many ways uh, aimed at uh, at journalists uh right. journalists uh, you know especially with 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 film cameras where we're feeding live pictures to the internet and we're probably giving away the position of everything uh, behind the lines here, so so that's why that was happening. Um, the, the, the first ugly, the ugliest scene uh, on that day was a bit of a fight on top of the uh, Denamo Stadium gates. Now the gates is kind of a curved colonnade, and inside there, there were ticket booths. they're not there anymore. but on the roof at night. Uh, There is video of uh, Berkut police or militia uh, grabbing a couple of people, beating them mercilessly. And the end result of that was uh, one person jumped off, probably about a 30, 40-foot jump, and survived. (sighs) The other person was beaten and thrown off and is now dead and and that is you know everything but the throwing off is actually caught on video. the beating is caught on uh, caught on video so who it, caught it's a horrible the horrible scene this horrible scene
0: who who filmed it
2: uh the t v it was it was live on espresso t v okay uh, and, and that by the way uh espresso t v live streaming is uh, is where you get to watch uh everything happening here. And that's okay, what you've no, been—you've uh, been doing that so, all so night. The 20th. Uh-huh. on the twenty-first. The twenty-first was very interesting because it was a quiet day. Uh it's yesterday. There was certainly the imitation of a ceasefire. Uh, possibly some negotiation. Uh, people went right up to the police line and and were talking and and things like that. And there was a nice large gap between uh, the, the the two lines, and and not much violence was happening. And uh, interesting. Tidbit of news that I picked up is the reason that happened is early in the morning on the 21st, uh, a group of and I have to call it uh, call them Ukrainian commandos now or the, uh, mm-hmm. some of the, some of the more uh, more militarily trained uh, youth uh, in the crowd, uh, group of 12, got in behind the lines. And using diversionary tactics, they, uh, they set fire to another Omon bus, and while the, the fire was being put out, they intercepted a shipment of, uh, of supplies to Berkut, uh, basically 10 cases of flashbang grenades, 3,400 grenades, intercepted that and brought it back. How
0: would they have known
2: about that? They lived there. <laughs> no, you know, okay. that that yeah. is
0: such a telling statement, Mirkoit. Oh, oh it is. Uh,
2: exactly. So anyways, uh, the interceptor shipment, it's actually on the 21st. Uh, you know, the, the primary weapon that, uh, that uh, Berkut was using or these flashbang
0: grenades, Mirko I have to. St- I'm sorry. I have to stop you now. We're coming to the top of the hour. We will yes. have to bring uh, 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 present some messages, but I would like to bring you back. Please stay on the line. Uh, we'll only be a couple of minutes and uh, bring us up to speed. Then I'm speaking with Mirko Petrio, the U- uh, president of the Ukrainian Canadian Congress, Vancouver branch in Vancouver, and we will be back with uh, more from Mirko after these messages. And you're listening to Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio on CHLY 101.7 FM. Radio Malaspina in downtown Nanaimo. Broadcasting to Greater Vancouver, the Gulf Islands, Sunshine Coast, and North... Northwest Washington here on 101.7 FM also online chly.ca. I'm your host Pavlina demchuk Macquarie. I have uh, on the line with me Mirko Petrio and uh, Mirko, welcome back and uh, please continue We're telling us um, Thank what you, Paulette. what was happening yesterday.
2: Yeah, so we're so we're now we're now uh, to the 22nd which is today. And a little factlet that tends to support this uh, this story about the seizure of the grenades is that the Ministry of the Interior announced that they are now allowing Berkut to use Russian-made, supplied by Omon, the Russian Omon, uh, flashbang grenades, which happen to be six times more powerful than the, the smaller ones that they had been using up to now. <laughs> and uh so that announcement was made, and uh, they also announced that they were uh, they were going to uh, condone live fire and so on. Um, what happened uh between uh, between uh, yesterday and today uh sniper fire uh, we now have and I'm jumping ahead but as of as of this minute we have five killed on uh on Maidan and andhurushkoha. Uh, first one was uh, the gentleman that was thrown off the colonnade that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the remaining, uh, certainly certainly at least two of the remaining uh, uh, four were, were shot. One was shot in the head and neck, and he is actually an uh, Armenian-Ukrainian from Dnipropetrovsk. Oh. Uh, there's, uh, on the Internet, there's a video that he produced a week ago. Where he is quoting Taras Shevchenko and he is quoting uh, the poem Kaukaz. Uh We all remember the words Buriti poboritnya." You know, struggle, you will, you will overcome. Uh, those words of Shevchenko. He's quoting those, and of course, coming from Armenia. Yeah, he lives, he he hails from the Kaukaz Mountains. Uh, so, so there's a <laughs> there was a very strong linkage, and he's speaking very, very good Ukrainian. In this video, a, a very a very painful moment is to, is to watch this young gentleman knowing that he is now dead. Uh, second victim, again, interestingly enough, turns out to be a, a Belarusian Ukrainian. Uh, he was shot through the chest. Um, the other two I don't have information on yet. Uh, while this was going on, Ihor Lutsenko, and I'm not sure if he's related to Yuri Lutsenko or not. Uh,
0: now, who, who is who is Ihor e. and who is Yuri? Who are these Litvinenko men? A,
2: a, a demonstrator, as far as I know, right now. And local. the other the name—the name seems to be recognized in Ukraine. I, I, I I'm sorry, I can't, okay. I can't place him in the, in the past here. And also, uh, one of his friends, by the last name of Verbitsky, uh, were in hospital. They had been wounded and had been taken to hospital. So, uh, so men in black mm. walk into the hospital. In full public view, seize these two gentlemen, drag them off without any overcoats or anything. Out of the hospital. Out of the hospital. Out of the hospital bed. Out of the hospital bed. <laughs> okay, drag them off, not to be heard from for a long time. Uh, inquiries are made to the local regular police, and you know, I guess they they, they started some searches and so on, but uh, nobody knew anything. Eventually, Ihor Lutsenko comes crawling out of the woods outside of Cayo, so many, many, many kilometers away, in the snow, badly beaten but alive. Oh. Uh, more recently, news came that in the area that he crawled out of, they have now found two bodies of people that were tortured to death. So this is in addition to the count of five killed that I'm talking about. So we're actually talking seven killed right now. Uh, And and that's the kind of scenario that is going on. But anyways, um, very interesting things happening today. Uh, I started watching uh, live TV, and everything was very peaceful. In fact, the demonstrators had built a new barricade further up the street from from the burned buses. uh, The police were further back, but everything was very peaceful. Uh, there were people right up against the police, talking to them, obviously trying to convince them to, to, to switch sides or to become more decent or whatever, um, as it turns out later, not very successfully. And this goes on for, for a few hours in the morning. Then suddenly the police, the reinforcements come behind them, and you suddenly realize we're not talking about a 1,000 or even 1,500. Uh, you know, we probably have 2,000 police here. And they start marching forward. Well, the the crowd scatters. Uh, The crowd tries to hold them at the second barricade that they had made. The police make a turtle out of shields, old Roman military tactic, Mm -hmm. walk right up to the barricades, and from under the shields, they start taking down the barricades. And eventually they they dismantle a barricade breakthrough, uh, they stop at the line of burned-out buses. Similar kind of situation. There's a little, and, and by now the, the the crowd is down to dozens. We're not talking a crowd of uh, thousands or hundreds. There's only a, a dozens of people facing thousands of Berkuts. Oh, it just switched around. It Switched oh. around, yes, yes. And these Berkut... Uh, so then Berkut the... continues marching. Uh, it's actually kind of north, uh, kind of northwest on, on Harusinski downhill. Towards uh, towards Christotic, uh which would be close to Maidan, marches down, uh, and, and the crowd is is scattered and, and 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 runs away to close to where, if anybody's familiar with KU, there's a there's a traffic circle with it with a beautiful circle in the middle with flowers and plants and all that. Anyways, uh, right near that area actually. Um, But what the crowd does, or or, or a certain member of the crowd, they start piling tires in the middle of the street and setting fire to them.
0: Tires, wow, that that harkens back to um, apartheid in in Mm -hmm. Africa a few years back.
2: And they make these tire fires, and they make one, then two, then three, then four, then five, and suddenly you realize what they have done. The horrendous black smoke from the tire fires is being blown by a northwest wind uphill up Hrushisky Street straight into the faces of 2,000 Berkut <gasps> officers. Oh, that's pretty smart. They stand for a while, then they back up a bit uh, to where there were two other burned-out buses. And, um, <laughs> there's lots of these burned-out vehicles, by the way. Oh. Um,
0: what a war zone.
2: A BTR arrives from behind them. That is a, uh, a six-wheeled armored uh, personnel transport vehicle.
0: So we have armored tanks, essentially. Yeah, now. it's
2: a small tank. It's got a little small cannon on top, uh, machine guns and, and that whole thing. Uh, so one of these vehicles arrives, uh, and at the moment here, it is used to push some of these burned-out buses out of the way. But the smoke is getting thicker and thicker. And suddenly you realize that the crowd has taken a, a new tactic and they're using hooks to grapple the burning tires and move them uphill closer to the Berkut. So as the Berkut retreats, the fire follows them up the hill until they actually end up at the, at the original line of burned-out buses. And uh, by the end of the day... The tire fire is up against the buses on the one side, and Birkut obviously had to retreat to pretty well the same position that they started in the morning. And all this was done uh, without hand-to-hand combat <laughs> by a crowd, uh, you know, in the dozens. Uh, you know, eventually, it, it grew to maybe a few hundred. But they pushed back this force using smoke.
0: That is amazing.
2: While this is happening, the three political leaders are negotiating with Yanukovych, so they're not present on the Euromaidan. However, uh, former Minister of the Interior Yuri Lutsenko, who was recently released from jail, and I think many of us are familiar with the trumped-up charges that Yanukovych used to jail him. Well, he's released from jail now and uh and in fact he was beaten up as you recall january 11th well he's now speaking on the maidan and making some very important announcements and this this is key this may be even important more important than than the the, the battles that i described that everybody the council the political parties have agreed to form a parallel government what the does that head mean or a spokesman for the government will be Vitaly Klitschko. Hmm. They are forming their own police and in fact uh Euromaidan had naturally formed its own police. Um, these uh these so called Titushke the thugs that were hired by uh, by Yanukovych to disrupt things, uh they're using uh you know, these, these convoys of cars driving around capturing these guys. <laughs> In fact, Klitschko was shown capturing two of these guys and dragging them off for well, public shaming on the uh, on the Euromaidan. Well, when you're six
0: foot nine in that
2: at a box, you, know, you can that do works. that. Yes, that definitely <laughs> Helps, work. but what what uh, a peaceful. Even more importantly, uh, Lutsenko uh, reminded Ukrainian history. Reminded the UPA, which was the Ukrainian insurgent army, which fought. The Germans and, uh, and the Soviets, uh, until the early 50s, uh, and whose uh, red and black flag has become definitely one of the symbols of, uh, of the Euromaidan, interestingly enough. Hmm. Uh, he spoke, very, he spoke uh, you know, about the heroism and asked for the people to, to repeat that level of heroism. Uh, he asked for anybody with firearms to come. They are forming their own military force, realizing that uh, Yanukovych's forces are armed and, uh, you know, they're no longer shy about, uh, about shooting. Um, so uh, they, are, they are preparing for a firefight that way. Wow. Here are the facts. Uh, in KU, which is you know, a city of you know, two million and change, I'm sure, uh, there are 400,000 registered firearms easily outguns police and army put together. Wow. Okay. In Ukraine there are 2 million regist- registered firearms. And the hope is, is that people will come and will be able to offer a um, a, a viable uh, resistance to uh, the forces of the when he when he comes to break up uh, Euromaidan and that is something that I think a lot of people are expecting to happen uh, literally in the next uh, hours or so.
0: So this parallel government is forming right before our very eyes?
2: Yes. It was announced today, on the 22nd of January. So the 22nd of January has become... Very much the date of the renewal of, of Ukrainian independence, as mm-hmm. opposed to the independence of a piece of the USSR, or a fake independence of a piece of the USSR. Right. Uh, the the USSR.
3: right.
2: Uh, so it's, it's, it's a historic date already. Uh, it, it's the date where, where blood, uh, blood has been shed. Um, the sad thing is that it's also a date where the unity of Ukraine may have been shaken, uh, the government of Crimea or Krim has declared that they want to negotiate independence from oh. Ukraine or, or to join Russia. I'm not quite clear which of the two.
0: Just when did this happen? Uh, today. Today.
2: Today. Um, <laughs> flip side of that, uh, yesterday the, uh, the Crimean Tartars marched or drove off to Cau to join the Auto Maidan. Oh. OK, so the Tartars are on our side, but the Russians that, as we know from history, pushed them out of Crimea, Crimea, they are, they're definitely not. Uh, the other sad note well, there's a few more uh, in, uh, in Donetsk, there was a miniature Maidan, as there was in, in all major cities. Uh, unfortunately, it's not well supported in the East. And just the local thugs, the Titushke, as we call them now, uh, were able to break it up. So oh. the Donetsk Maidan has been broken up. Uh, and, and this Karku, was the, th- pre- the president, the, um, the mayor of Kharkiv, has uh, is in full support of Yanukovych and is asking Yanukovych to take sterner measures to uh, counter this 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 kind of this, this revolution. And it is now a revolution. There's there's no other word for it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's openly being called a revolution. Um, so there's a, a flip side of that. The actual province around Kharkiv, the, uh, the governor of the province has uh, has cast his uh, his lot with uh, with the Maidan, with the people. Um, other bits of news: uh, soldiers in garrisons in Lviv are asking to be released. They are resigning. Uh, there is a fear that they would be sent to fight their own people, which is you know totally non-constitutional, etc. But mm. but they they fear that um, there is an additional uh, police battalion coming from Donetsk to reinforce the the ones in in, in KU. Uh, despite all that, there was one other incident which was not shown on TV but literally a block or a half block away from the building of the president's administration. Um, again, this, this flying group of commandos, possibly the same ones that seized the grenades, <laughs> you can see their methodology here, apparently uh, attacked Berkut, burned one of their buses, and this burned bus is now uh, a half block from, from the building of the president's administration. So uh, I take it he won't be going there soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, so, so there was a little strike in the in the um, yeah. in the backfield, so to
0: speak. Mirko, thank you so much for uh, for joining us. I'm speaking with uh, Mirko Petriov, the Ukrainian Canadian Congress Vancouver Branch President. Mirko, um I'm going to have to um, unfortunately cut our conversation short, oh, that's but because
2: there's a couple of more items. <laughs>
0: <the> <laughs> well, I can g- I can give you two more minutes because I've got another okay, guest com- give me coming one on. Minute. Okay.
2: The Prime Minister of Ukraine, Mikhail Azarov, which most of us will recognize, a very old gentleman, isn't in Ukraine. He went to Davos, Switzerland, for the economic conference.
0: Oh, what a great time to leave the country.
2: During the conference, everybody had a one minute of silence for the dead in KU. Good for them. And the last piece of news is that uh, Azarov, as persona on God, has been kicked out of the conference. Excellent. Next, the U.S. has revoked the visa for uh, Zakharchenko, the current Minister of the Interior, and maybe others, they, they don't announce all the names. Um, Austria, there's uh, there's talk about uh, freezing financial assets, there, there's a lot of uh, financial assets of the oligarchs in Austria. So, uh, so that, that there is some activity along that line too. So, the, the world is with the, the with the demonstrators, hmm. is with the uh, the free Ukrainian government. Now, I think we can we can recognize it as such. Hmm. Uh, it'll be interesting to find out what our uh, Ukrainian embassy in in Ottawa does, which which way it uh, wavers.
0: <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, and that's another that's another story. We'll have to we'll talk about that story time. for a
2: few days from now. Absolutely.
0: Thank you so much. I'm so sorry that I I don't have more time to to keep you on there. Uh, well, I
2: I think we're we're right up to date right now. Excellent,
0: right great. Well, so if anybody wants to continue following this on their own, where what would you recommend that they go uh, online?
2: Espresso TV, single S's, okay. So. E-S-P-R-E-S-O dot slash stream.
0: Now, is this, is there any My kind new,
2: of... My uh, new TV stations are being attacked, too, so uh, I, I can't promise that Espresso right. TV will be around. Now, and
0: is Espresso TV, uh, is there any English language commentary?
2: Uh, it is all in Ukrainian. Okay, that's so you have uh, But pictures, pi- tell, uh, you know. Pic-
0: pictures tell a lot on their that's own. Right. That's exactly. right. Yeah. And,
2: and moving pictures tell that much more, so. Uh, right, okay. It's uh, it is an absolutely fascinating situation.
0: And they can also go to your Facebook page because you're posting articles and, and YouTube yes, videos. If you're
2: well. strictly English speaking, the Facebook page is Yaroslav's Revenge.
0: You want to spell that?
2: Uh, Yaroslav with a W, so it's Y A R O S. L A W F Revenge. Revenge,
0: and that's on Facebook.
2: And that's on Facebook. And okay. it, it started out as a Facebook page for for my uh, for my book, for my mm-hmm. little thriller. Mm-hmm. Uh, reality is more thrilling than anything I can possibly <laughs> write right now. So, yeah. for the last uh, three weeks or so, it's it's a chronicle. It's a chronicle of events with. Uh, links to video, links to articles, links to pictures, etc.
0: Okay. Awesome. So, uh, as well, I'll be posting things on on my Facebook page as well, and uh, failing that, um, just Google... Euromaidan on uh, on Google and you'll... you Twitter. F- and Twitter and <laughs> and YouTube.
2: Hashtag Hashtag
0: Euromaidan and also on, on YouTube. And uh, thank you once again, Mirko, and uh, go get some sleep <laughs> if you can. And uh, we'll talk you, to you again soon.
2: Yes, and I'm watching burning buses. Uh, you up. Thank you very
0: much. Okay, thanks, Mirko. Bye-bye. And I was speaking with Mirko Petrio of the Ukrainian-Canadian Congress in Vancouver and you are listening to Holis Ukrainian Roots Radio on CHLY 101.7 FM Radio Malaspina. And now Ukrainian Food Flair with Sylvia Molnar, tips for Ukrainian cooking.
4: Hello. Do you know what millet is? Well, millet is a grain that is gluten-free. It is high in protein vitamins fiber and minerals and is easily digested this is an important cereal in ukraine it was once a staple in the african chinese and indian diets before rice and wheat became popular the chinese considered this to be a sacred grain millet is now becoming more popular in canada Try to use it, because it is definitely beneficial to our health. It is now easily available in most bulk stores, health stores, and many general stores. Look for it. Use it in stir-fries, soups, salads, stews, muffins, pancakes, or as a cereal. I made a tapioca-like pudding not long ago, and it was delicious. The first time I had the millet experience was when I was visiting western Ukraine. We were eating a very delicate millet and vegetable soup at a very beautiful outdoor restaurant. I had to laugh at myself thinking about all the years I've been feeding millet to my little bird friends, as most North Americans do. Millet is considered the caviar of birdseed. No wonder they know my address. I don't have a recipe for millet soup, but I do have a recipe for baked millet kasha. And what is kasha? It's any grain cooked like porridge. Here we go. Wash one cup of millet in a fine sieve until the water comes clear. Pour a couple of cups of boiling water over it and drain very well. Add two and a half cups boiling milk or thin cream along with a quarter cup butter, a teaspoon of salt and a half a teaspoon of sugar and bring to a brisk boil. Stir a few times and boil for about five minutes. Cover tightly and bake it at 350 degrees for about three quarters of an hour serve with meat and gravy this is definitely a nutritious and delicious dish treat your taste buds it's ukrainian
0: thanks sylvia for sharing your ukrainian culinary expertise on ukrainian food flare here on nasholas ukrainian roots radio
5: Hello, I'm Vasily Polovsky, and this is Cultural Capsule, especially for Nash The 20th century was an extremely turbulent period of world history, as well as contemporary Ukrainian history, seeing Ukraine independent as a nation twice. However, the struggles for independence were not without bloodshed. Since the Treaty of Pereyaslav in 1654, after Ivan Mazepa's loss, and the territory of Ukraine falling under Tsarist Russia and Poland, it was not until after the First World War in 1918 that those living on the territory of Ukraine once again proclaimed it sovereign from Russia in what was known as the first universal of the Central Narada or Central Council. They announced this sovereignty from Russia on June 28, 1917. One of the key aspects of this universal was a hope that minority groups would join ethnic Ukrainians in the process of nation-building. About a year and a half later came the 4th Universal, which formed the Ukrainian National Republic, proclaiming its independence from Russia. The 4th Universal was proclaimed publicly on January 23rd, 1918. At this time, the contemporary geographic territory of Ukraine was comprised of the Ukrainian National Republic and the Western Ukrainian National Republic with their own governments. A year later, on January 22, 1919, on St. Sophia Square in Kiev, another proclamation was read, proclaiming the union of the two territories as the Ukrainian National Republic. Independence at the beginning of the last century was short-lived, as the Bolsheviks did everything to crush the aspirations of the newly independent nation. And then... One of the devils of the last century, Stalin, decided to break any nationalist aspirations with the Holodomor. Though until Ukraine became independent in the last decade of the last century, Ukrainians in the diaspora celebrated independence on January 22nd. Prior to Ukraine's independence on that day in 1990, a human chain was formed from Lviv to Kiev in which over 450,000 individuals participated though the holiday only became officially recognized in 1999. One week after the first universal, there was one historical moment that few remember. It is known as the Battle of Krute. In fact, it was more like a slaughter of 300 to 400 patriotic Ukrainian students who made a stand against the Bolshevik force of over 4,000 in the village of Krute, 130 kilometers northeast of Kiev in Chernihiv Oblast. Unfortunately, once again, there are forces which want to erase Ukraine's historical memory. I'm Vasyl Pavlovsky, and this week's Cultural Capsule is dedicated to those who fought and are still fighting for Ukraine's freedom.
0: That Cultural Capsule was originally recorded and broadcast back in 2011. Three years later, how could he know how pretentious those words would be? I hope you enjoyed part 1 of the podcast of this week's edition of Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio broadcasting live on CHLY 101.7 FM Radio Malaspina in Nanaimo, British Columbia, every Wednesday at 11:30 AM until one thirty PM Pacific Time. I hope you'll also enjoy part 2 of this week's podcast of the show. Love this podcast? Support this show
4: through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.